Hi, my name is Jeff Pagano, and thanks for tuning in to the Harpen on Rugby podcast. So far this week on the site, we've had our match write-up for Leinster's win over Benetton, and if you go back one in our podcast feed, you'll find a little rant I posted offering my take on the whole Saracens kerfuffle. Why not subscribe to get all our latest offerings as we publish them? And of course, you can always find our latest content on harpenonrugby.net. In today's pod, I'm joined by Connor Cronin to have a look ahead to the upcoming Six Nations to try and see what way our new head coach, Andy Farrell, might be approaching it. We discuss his objectives, what new players he can bring in, and how Johnny Sexton will do as captain, among other things. So without any further ado, here's how we got on. Joining me for my latest back and forward chat, earning his second cap on the pod, is Leinster fan and longtime contributor to Harpen on Rugby, as well as other forums such as Three Blokes, the Ball and Bod. A warm welcome back to Connor Cronin. How's things? Great, and thanks for having me on again. Good to be no here. No problem at all. Yeah, the last time we had you on, we um, chatted about Leinster's uh, quote-unquote perfect season so far, and uh, here we are a few weeks later, and it's still still kind of, well, I suppose you could call it perfect so far. What do you think? Uh, still going strong, sweet sixteen yeah. and all that. Um, it'll be it'll be interesting. I think over the international break, uh, it'll be great to see how some of the younger guys get on at maintaining that standard and and keeping mm-hmm. up the uh, keeping up the performances. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I think it really has been kind of a roller coaster season so far. I mean, we, we, we started in August, way back in the beginning of August, with the reasonable expectations going into the World Cup. We got uh, brought crashing down to earth once that tournament came around. Fairness. But um, we equaled yeah. our best performance at a World Cup. You know, that's not to, not to be sniffed at, right? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's, it's, we're, we're, we're consistent, if nothing else. Um, we got, um, and then when, since Leinster Rugby uh, kind of brought us back up towards the stratosphere um, since then, so, so but now uh, we're kind of in this this middle ground. We, 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 we putting aside, we're focusing on the Six Nations and um, we've got a we've got a new coach, a new captain, and it's and that's just not the case for Ireland either. I mean, this could be one of the most unpredictable tournaments in a long time with all the the chop the chopping and changing. But yeah, uh, what so many yeah. new coaches coming in with new ideas and uh, yeah, as you say, and other teams introducing new captains and it's going to be an interesting few weeks. So I suppose when we're looking at what kind of um, what kind of team like is going to like line out for the first couple of matches against Scotland and Wales, um, I suppose what, what I'd like to talk about is with, you know, with Andy Farrell's coming into the job, he's, he, he worked under Smith. He, before that, he worked under Stuart Lancaster, who's also doing well currently in the Irish system as well. What would you think would be his kind of overall objective for the team as a whole? I think his primary objective has to be a reasonable Six Nations. Um, it doesn't have to be perfect. If the fans and the players can all walk away looking and saying, okay, we can see there's a plan in place, we can see what is going on. Um, and, and maybe all he has going on is this idea of let's, let's try a few new faces, let's mix things up for the first few games. And as long as there's full disclosure on that, if he's saying from the off, all I want to do for this is look at players and how they play on a system that I want to introduce. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to build a bit of squad squad depth over the next couple of years. I want to have just this good Six Nations, a good summer tour, um, and build the squad depth so that 
hopefully I think his I think his hope is to be in the position where he'll still be head coach going into Rugby World Cup 2023 and, and for that he has to he has to build for that to be a reality and I think he'll be given leeway this season to say mm-hmm. you know, let's let's mix it up let's see what happens let's throw in these two fellas and see what they can do and and that'll be that'll be a given for this season I think in a way that he won't get away with that next season and uh, in terms of leeway I mean what what kind of finish do you think would be you know kind of acceptable for for I mean you know this is we, we're going into the schedule where we've got France and England away and um, win all three of the home games that's yeah that has to be his priority is to win those three games if we mm. go to England and we lose yeah it's always a horrible horrible forget a bitter pill it's, it's a horrible pill to swallow that losing that game and we, we say it every year what France will show up so mm. there's a possibility of winning four I don't think there's a grand slam in any of the teams this year but there's mm. a four and definitely definitely the three home games have to be won yeah I mean it's 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 interesting I mean we talked a lot um on the on the pod uh, around the World Cup about the the difference between fans and supporters and the you know like you and me who would be big into it and be you know doing podcasts and giving opinions all the time um, the the we we'd understand the concept of a four year World Cup cycle and what he's going into now and and how he's getting to start. But, but from yep. a broader aspect, you've got you've got you've got the, the the wider fans. They're still fans. They're still buying jerseys, but they're you know they they may not be as into it as, as us. Um, they they're kind of the model of somewhere like the Premiership, where it's like, oh, you've lost four games, so how soon yeah. do you get fired? <laughs> yeah, and also and also, it's a the, the the World Cup cycle. Like to a lot of these fans, the Six Nations is a World Cup. It, 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 it's it's been, it, it comes up every year. It's a big it's a big ticket item on the on the rugby calendar. That's 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 every year they play other nations playing against other nations. It's a top quality of rugby, and it's like how we do in that. So so if 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 Harold, while we'd understand if we lost you know if we lost a couple of games in this, you'd get you, would there be still a lot of perception out there? It's like you know like if we say we don't do well against Scotland or say we lose the you know like you say lose to. England, England is like, oh, here we go again. Learned nothing since uh, the New Zealand game and all that kind of stuff. Do you think that we're we're at risk? Of, he's he's got a risk of uh, having that perception. It depends on how they play. Mm. If he sticks with the same kind of game plan, then you know everyone will say it. Have we learned nothing? If it's if it mm. looks exactly like Schmidt ball, and we're not sure how we're going to progress past that. Then I think everyone will have that that idea that oh, we're, we're not going anywhere. This is exactly the same. It's another couple of years of what we were doing. And if you always do what you always done, you always get what you always got. Yeah. And I, I think he it, it's why he needs to do a couple of different things. He needs those moments of I'm going to play that player instead because it will give me something a little different. And then at least the fans won't feel like, even if he's running the same plays, it won't look mm. the same with different players. Yeah. And and when you say he, um, you know, like you say, if he does it with Schmidt ball, 
do, do you think that, you know, I mean, having worked with Joe and being used to the systems and, you know, I mean, Schmidtball, you know, did work quite a bit, whatever. Do, do you think he's under pressure to to completely get away from that or retain, could he retain some elements of it or what, what, what way do you think he'd be thinking in that regard? I don't think it's a great idea to go completely away from it. I think he needs yeah. there are elements of it that he will need to keep. Um, the elements he worked on himself, the defense, because for the most part, the defense works well when it's working right and when players mm-hmm. are doing the jobs they're meant to do. And that idea of, you know, every player's got a job and he needs to do the job he's meant to do. He needs to perform the way he's been asked to perform for the game plan. And that idea of, of Schmidt Ball, that idea that there are things that will work. If you do these things and you do them right, the scores will come. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love that idea. It, it's not always practical. And I think that's where where it fell down is that it doesn't allow for somebody who adapts to it. What he needs to have in place is a plan B. We've been out there and lost because it looked like we didn't have a plan B. He, he can keep as much Schmidt ball as he wants as long as there's a second option, there's something different we can do because it's not working doing the uh, doing the tried and tested method. And in terms of um, stamping his own idea by, you know, by way of um, the players that he chooses, um, I've asked you to come up with a, a, a starting 15 and we, we'll, we'll go through that in a bit. But first of all, like just of those players, like is there one, two, maybe three players that you think he can put straight into the team now that that wouldn't have been not necessarily you know they, they might have gone to japan but they wouldn't have started like yeah new 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 presumptive starters that can make this instantly just one or two changes that can make this make those kind of changes what kind of players would we be looking for well i think that with the t- with the, the squad he's picked he's allowing for for a few changes he's not allowing for a lot of changes if you look the same names are there. He's called mm-hmm. back in players like Devin Toner because mm-hmm. he knows what he's getting there. Um, I think it's interesting. I know he's currently rehabbing a neck injury, but John Klein hasn't even been invited to come and look. Um, and I think that's that's interesting that he's looking and saying, maybe Joe didn't make the right call there. Maybe this would have been mm-hmm. a better one. So it's from my point of view it's good to see Toner back there I think whatever about who he has picked who he hasn't picked speaks a lot of volume if you look even just at uh, at Hooker we've got Rob Herring Dave Heffernan and Ronan Kelleher who hasn't played a game for about a month and a half at this stage there's no Scannell and there's no Cronin who are the two who have test experience Mm. and I think you know, that, that's one of the places where he's probably looking and saying, okay, I can do something here. He's going to be backed up by the incredible experience of uh, presumably Healy and Furlong uh, would be your, your your presumed starting two for the big games. Um, mm-hmm. and, and whoever you throw in the middle there, it's not like anyone's technically hooking the ball at the moment anyway. So all you're looking for is a reliable thrower and somebody who'll do his work around the field. And I say, I think the fact that he hasn't included guys who have um, that much experience and he's bringing in three guys with, you know, Kelleher has no international experience. I I think I'm right in saying Heffernan hasn't any and has 
less than 10 caps. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think one of the players he has brought in who will make a big difference is John Cooney. Absolutely. And everybody's saying, oh, Cooney has to start, Cooney has to start. And they're saying it and they're they're totally right. I think the biggest reason he has to start is because he's less predictable. Murray, you know, you're getting a pass or you're getting a box kick. And with Cooney, there is that doubt. And that doubt is going to pull an extra defender closer to a rook, meaning that the guy who was going to run up and smash Johnny at 10 is now worried about what Cooney's going to do, giving Sexton a little more room so he can come up that little bit flatter where he's so much more effective. I I think it creates so much space for Sexton to run some nice plays from the backs. Um, Yeah. The real reason he has to start is his... His quality of play, he's a great passer, he's a great runner, he's a great kicker, and he's playing the rugby of his life at the moment. Clearly, he learned huge amounts at Leinster that have stood him well over the years. Yeah. <laughs> but he's he's going to create space. If you, if you listen carefully, you'll hear the Connets fans screaming at you as well. <laughs> they learned something with us too, man. <laughs> this is true this is true and, and you know what speaking of the Connacht fans they, they're probably agreed they're probably looking going um, I, I, I'm assuming Marmion's injured at the moment why he's not getting a look in Jack Carty's not getting a look in there's a lot of players who who didn't get didn't get called and you thought might have been called thought that John Ryan would have got in ahead of O'Toole for example even Marty Moore get in ahead of uh, O'Toole considering he, he tends to start ahead of him on a weekly basis, right? clearly, clearly, there's something being seen by by Andy yeah. Farrell that uh, that we're not seeing. Yeah, I mean, no, it's interesting because, like, um, I totally agree with you on Cooney because, uh, you know, a lot of times you, you see someone playing well for their province, and you know, you, you, you watch them and they're playing zebra or something, they have a really good game, and you go, "Oh, they have to start for Ireland." And there's been a lot of that over the years, but like you say, Cooney mm-hmm. has just been so damn good. And yeah, and and I, I've never had anything against Conor Murray. I'm not saying you did, but I'm just you know, it's a lot of people think, oh, Leinster fans going to bash the Munster players, and it's not even that. And it's Conor Murray rock solid for us up yeah. until the point he had his neck surgery. That neck surgery on his performance just it hasn't been to the standard it was. Maybe he's more concerned going into a contact because what if I do something to my neck? Uh, or maybe. Maybe it's just a confidence thing of, you know, I, I haven't been playing well the last while and I need something to give me that spark. But mm. what, while that's happening, Cooney is playing that well. And he's a different style player. And if you're and if if Farrell's looking for a change to the team, just if you were looking for one thing, it's kind of a silver bullet almost to instantly make it, like you say, into a different team altogether. Like every play now has got new dimensions to us, different options and different, you know, the people, people got used to what they were going to get from Ireland over the years. And that's one of the things that hurt us in the World Cup. Um, And, you know, with Cooney, like you say, you don't know what you're going to get. And that's on every play at every breakdown. You're going to have that variety. It's going to, it's going to open up like, infinite more options and just with one if you're going to have that silver bullet it's at your hand Mm. they're they're what's going to create something 
you know, your, your forwards are going to provide you a platform and you'll get you'll get an occasional spark from a forward where he does something unexpected or he does something really good, but it's set pieces what they're really there for. Your halfbacks will create something and your your backs will finish it. You need a solid halfback pairing and I, I really think because of his unpredictability, because he's got that extra string to his bow, like he, he runs, he, he looks up at the space, he's playing heads up rugby the whole time, his head is up looking to see what is going on in front of me. Oh, there's a gap, gone. Yeah. And the, and the most important element for him, obviously, it's obviously at Ulster, the coaches have taken a look at him and just said, listen, you do you. Yeah. You, 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 I mean, I, what, like when he goes into the Schmidt setup, which is Schmidt is a more regimented, is, this is this is what my yeah. scrum half does. And you come it's, into my team, you do X, Y, Z. You do this. Exactly, yeah. And um, Farrell and the coaching staff realized that, well, listen, this is what this is doing for Ulster. And, you know, obviously you don't get, you might, you, 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 there'll be less space and time available at test level. But still, if he's got that option and he gets the chances, he needs to, to know he has the freedom to take them. So that, that, that could be the, that could definitely be the biggest change. And yeah. um, uh, what are your thoughts on Sexton as captain? The, the, the real standout game for me is Sexton as captain, unfortunately, has to be last year against Munster in Thomond, where mm -hmm. he kind of just lost the rag of it. And mm -hmm. that doesn't that doesn't look good. And it doesn't look like somebody who's a good captain. But if you can put that aside and you can look all the way back to 2011 and an incredible inspiring speech in a dressing room that motivates 23 men to go out and win a Heineken Cup, you know, that's uh, that's that's the captain we need to see. Absolutely, that's, yeah. Oh no, he he has shown he can be a leader. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He needs good rapport with the uh, with the refs. I think he's been guilty of having uh, just just bad comments to the refs. You know, things like yeah. "I'm captain now, you have to listen to me," and that you know, and and he's right. But he has to manage the refs well. You know, we, we we look at refs every week, and you're playing your 15 men that are in front of you, but you're also playing the ref, and he has to learn. And he's got good fellas around him who can help him with that. You know, he's got fellas around him who've been captains and who will be captains, and they'll hopefully help and drive and encourage that. But he's got to manage refs, or he's got to man. Yeah, he's got to manage the referee well. Um, and he's got to keep his own calm. Um, Definitely. The other thing with Johnny, I think Schmidtball has allowed him to thrive because he loves that we do this and we get that. Mm. And he plays it really, really well. And I worry if things go a little bit looser under Farrell, maybe he won't be happy when things aren't going his way and that will... He demands a lot. He demands a lot of the players around him and he demands a lot of himself. And when things are going the right way, it all works brilliantly. When things mm. aren't going the right way, can he keep his temper? Can he keep his cool? You know, with his own players, with the with the, fifth, the the 14 other men on the team who are looking up to him. Yeah, I mean, the um, the, the, the thing with Sexton, I mean, like go, going back, like as a rule of thumb, like if you just take your average... Uh, player in your average position. I'm not a big fan of out halves being captain. Um, they have a lot of decision making anyway. 
Absolutely. That, that but, on them is not great. But Johnny Sexton has proven time and time again he is not your typical out half. I mean, there's other duties. He he, you know yourself. He clears out. He gets into tackles that 90% of uh, top out halves would stay away from. He 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 gets involved in every aspect of the game. Like you say, he never shuts up. I mean, this idea of talking to the ref. I mean, he he's to establish a rapport with refs. He was never shy talking to them when he wasn't captain. Yeah. And he's he's all he's all, he he he's they all they've all got his number already going into it. So it'll be it'll be a case of like. He, he he probably needs to change change his demeanor a little bit with him and and show that he's making an effort to be okay. Now I'm the the chosen captain. The other the other element to it is listen. He's in a position now with the Ireland team. He's the top. He's the most senior player. He's he's the creative element of the team. He's he's the core of the team. And basically, Farrell was in a position where if Sexton wants us. He, he couldn't say no kind of thing. You know that, right? You know that kind of way. Yeah. So he, if he wants it, if it's something he wants to do, then by all means, let he, he must have his own idea of how to do it and just let him crack on with it. And yeah. and, and it's up to him, not even, like you say, not even just to get the refs on his side, but the players around him and, you know, the different provinces coming together um, and, um, and and playing together for Ireland. So but players respect him as a player. Mm-hmm. And I Absolutely. think that, that really stands for him. And I think that... You know, you, you comment on how he can't be quite as brash with the referees as he has been. Um, mm. I think that's something that maybe Rory Best was lacking. He didn't have mm. that bit of, you know, here, sir, come on, like they're they're taking the piss now, kind of a thing. Yeah, you'd see you'd see him sort of shrug his shoulders and look at the ref, going, "Are you thinking about maybe helping us out anytime?" Yeah. There needs to be, you, you need that little bit of being willing to step forward and say. As long as and as long as he can maintain his cool while he does that, I think uh, I think he'll make a very good captain. And from a playing point of view, uh, if we assuming Cooney gets in the squad, can you see them? Can you see them forming a forming a good good understanding? Yeah, I, I think they've got enough history. Um, you know, C- Cooney was in the 2012 squad, winning the Heineken mm-hmm. Cup. Um, you know they've played together, they've worked together before, and I think as long as there is that sense of you need to give me a nod, you need to give me some indication of what you're doing, so that I can set up the backs for what's got to come next. As long as they can develop that communication between them, then I think they'll work really well together. As I say, I think Cooney will create huge amounts of space for him to do his mm-hmm. better, and he'll be grateful of that. He'll be looking say. He, he will look brilliant because he'll have created beautiful flowing moves and those are going to build territory and build scores and he'll he'll understand and he'll appreciate the difference that Cooney will make from yeah, those darting, uh, those darting little runs, uh, little snipes of his, like they, they they provide the perfect front football. In fact, half the time they end up at tries as tries anyway. So yeah. it's like, so he's not going to be he's not going to be complaining, you know. Okay, so um, all right, so that's Sexton as captain. Now, so finally, we're gonna we're gonna have a look at uh, what kind of team you're 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 thinking of um, that that Farrell might start with. So um, you you say you have um, you, you have a possibles and probable selections. A, a possibles and probables, yeah. Um, which you know, I, I'd love to see it as a match. <laughs> Sit there and watch these fifteen on fifteen. You know, th- there's some really good quality players there who can make 
massive difference. And, and even coming off the bench and, and that moment where, you know, one of these possibles suddenly gets into the starters or where even coming off the bench and making a difference. I think mm -hmm. th there's a lot of potential there. Brilliant. Okay, so let's have a look at your probables. Let's let's let's, let's run run it on down. Probables uh, from one to eight. I've got Healy, Herring, Furlong, James Ryan. I think the fact that he's been brought back into the squad. I think Toner. I think mm -hmm. Omani, Vanderfleer, and Stander will be the back row. I think halfbacks of Cooney and Sexton, Stockdale. Aki. I can't decide if it'll be Ringrose or Henshaw. I want it to be Ringrose. I think he's the better 13. And with his try scoring form at the moment, it's probably more likely that it'll be Ringrose. And then we're presuming that there's no injuries and everything's great. Uh, Earls and Larmer for the other wing and fullback. Okie dokie. And uh, on the possibles? Again, 1 to 15. Kilcoyne, yep. Kelleher, okay. Porter, Henderson, Delan, Deegan. Jack O'Donoghue, yep. Caelan Doris, Connor Murray at scrum half there. I can't decide between Ross Byrne and Billy Burns, but with the fact that he's already got the couple of caps, I think it's more likely it'll be Byrne. And then Carney, McCluskey, Henshaw, Conway and Addison. Very good. As, as a team of possibles, there's no slouches there. No, absolutely. <laughs> there's absolutely. none of them you're looking and saying that's a bad player or that's not a great player or anything there's there's quality there and uh, D, you know the likes of Deegan Doris and um, uh, Jack O'Donoghue and all they're, they're, they're the ones that are really that are really pushing pushing for recognition like you know they're, they're ones from the World Cup that from yeah. that weren't in the World Cup that are that really that have really come through this year the fact that they're all in there ahead of somebody like Reese Ruddock yep. speaks volumes they are definitely future I, I'm surprised at Reese Ruddock being left out I think he's only 20 is he 26 or 27 mm. um, he, he feels like he should be 36 or 37 he's been around well, that he's been he's been a Leinster captain for about 25 years I think now at this stage oh, it seems like yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm uh, pretty uh, sure that you know he, he may have captained Leo at some stage but yeah so I was well, maybe maybe his dad's bringing him over to Ospreys you, you just don't know <laughs> I hope not I, I really know exactly. hope not. I think if if he went, it'd be a massive loss to Leinster uh, oh. and to Ireland because mm. if nothing else, the leadership he brings, he's the kind of player who, when he comes on, you, you could see it last week against mm. uh, Treviso when he came on for Leinster and things just seemed a little more settled. He provides a real, like, his work rate is huge. He just, he's no oh, yeah. fear of putting himself wherever he has to be. And, and I say, that's why I'm surprised. I get that Deegan and Doris, they're exciting they do a lot of good stuff and um, they've masses of confidence and that really is going to stand to them when they get their opportunity to play in that green jersey i suppose the problem with leinster i mean it was especially in the back row there's just so much competition there it's and there's so much the will will connors and all them and uh, they've all got agents yeah, and uh, you know when 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 the situation, even as a successful club like Leinster, where you know you maybe want to stay and fight for your place, but the radar is going to go up, and it's going to say, listen, you know, uh, at least look at this offer. You know yeah. what I mean? And Brent um, put it into the national papers, or a couple of days back, even uh, you had it in the front five, getting the fellas to to come and say, you know, 
don't don't just stay there and be fourth or fifth choice. Come to me. I'll give you game time. And yep, probably very tempting for some of them. Um, Absolutely. And I, I mean, it wouldn't be great for Leinster, but at least if they stayed in the Irish system, that that that, that would be a good thing. And uh, yes. you, you can't really you can't really see uh, players staying staying you know somewhere like Leinster where there's so much talent coming through. For, for that long I mean look at you You look at we're not even talking about I mean Jack Conan Dan Levy you know what I mean <laughs> yeah when you look at some of the players who were injured with, with um, Conan Levy Tommy O'Donnell who I think is he'd be in the mix you know, he'd be one where you'd be looking and, absolutely shocking bad luck you, you can't buy any luck there he's nearly as unlucky as Joey Carberry yeah and, and and all those players you're talking about I mean you're talking about getting back into the provincial teams we could be thinking of them for these possible and probable teams as well I mean they both well be well able for them you know yeah. it's mass if, if they were around you have to wonder would Deegan and Doris and O'Donoghue even have been talked about getting their opportunity to make this step up. Yeah, although um, though Leo Leo Cullen in particular has been pretty good at, at, at throwing these guys and throwing these guys at the deep end. Um, it would, it, it's it, it's kind of evolved since the days where oh you get one cap in your first season, two caps in your next, and then maybe we'll give you three. You know, it's it's been yeah. much better at much better at bringing players on. But no, exactly, it's 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 almost. It's almost good for them when they have a few injuries, you know, it's a, it's a mad, it's a mad situation. That not only has Leo brought on those, and there are other teams doing the same now, other teams realising, okay, we have to do that. We have to find mm. things where we can get them playing more frequently. But you're seeing the benefit of it now, where somebody like Ryan Baird, who's only had a handful of, of games for Leinster, Harry Byrne the same, uh, Will Connors has been outstanding this season, but they've all been called up as, um, what is it, a, a, a apprentices or I think that's what Eddie Jones calls them. Um, yeah. But they, they've all been development players or whatever whatever term yeah. they're using. Uh, tackle bag holders. Yeah, but the exposure is really important. And oh, it's no question. That exposure and that little bit where you know somebody you know th- th- they just do something while somebody else is busy. You know, it's a case of, oh, uh, so-and-so's gone for his physio. Can you step in and yep. just play? And, you know, prove that you're learning while you're here. Prove that you've got the potential we think you have. And, you know, if you can prove those things, just maybe you're going to get your chance to, to make that extra step up. Okay, well, that's um, seems to have gone through it pretty well there. You picked two really good teams there. Uh, it's really... It's really uh, there's a lot of positions there where you're just going, man. I just—it's like it's a—it's—it's it's a tough one for. Uh, it's going to be a tough one for him to do. But again, you know, he's there in the training ground and be watching, see who's who's looking to step up, and uh, we'll see. We'll see what kind of team he comes up with against Scotland. On the other five nations, just before we wrap it up, like, did you have any expectations from any of them before before we go into the tournament? Um, there's. There's a lot of uncapped players going to be in this competition. A lot of people, well, sorry, a lot of uncapped players in the squads. They may not get game time. And I think with any squad, when you bring in uncapped players, yes, as I mentioned a minute ago, you're hoping for that bit where they provide some kind of spark in training or they encourage somebody else to do something right. I don't think we're going to see a huge amount of them, uh, except maybe in England have named eight uncapped players um, because... Well, let's be honest, they're going to have to start looking at depth just in case they lose yeah. the guys in the next few weeks. Yeah. Um, but n- nobody ever knows what France are going to do. I think uh, I think Wayne Pivak is 
a really, really good coach. Scarlets are feeling the loss of him, and I think Wales will feel the benefit. He's gonna, yeah. he's gonna bring some good stuff to Wales, and I expect it's it's hard to say who I think will win. I, I don't want to put a winner on it, but I mm. think a top three of Ireland, England, and Wales mightn't be unrealistic. That sounds about right, yeah. I think Ireland, England, and Wales in whatever order you want to randomly throw them on a table and, and see how they come up. Yeah. Um, um, I think Scotland I think Scotland will struggle again, and I think that France will... for three. Um, that, that'd be it. Yeah. I can't see them more than that. And as, as much as it pains me to say it, Italy for the wooden spoon again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, at least this time, I suppose they can they can talk about. Uh, well, it's a transition year. <laughs> of course, what you get everyone saying, well, what was it all the other years? But uh, I'm sure that they're, they're, they're definitely. I mean, it's a big loss with Parisi. But having said that, they kind of need they need they need to move on from him. You know, they they they've Absolutely. always needed an exit strategy from having him in their squad. Yeah, you can't you can't hope to be in one of the biggest competitions in the world and do well if you've only got one uh, if you've only got one marquee player mm. can't de- no he's he's not a minibus he's not supposed to carry 14 no, exactly I mean yeah I mean generally the Six Nations are, are hard enough to call anyway because there's no warm up matches the only the, you don't see the teams playing um but they, they, when they do play, it's always three or four months beforehand. So it's really hard to tell. But this year, like you say, with the different captains, different coaches, new coaches, uh, whole new, and you're coming, you're coming into a new World Cup cycle. This could, this is one of the most, could be one of the toughest to call there's ever been. Um, so, so I'm really looking forward to it. Um, you getting to any of the matches? Oh, it's going to be great. Uh, no, because as typically happens these days, it's virtually impossible to get tickets. Yeah. Um, What's actually more likely for me is I'll probably end up at um, definitely one and maybe even two of the women's yeah. games. Yeah, usually make it to one of those because, as well. They can be good. Yeah. I want, I want to, my, <laughs> my eldest um, started, uh, they, they did Gaelic football in school this week and there was that thing of, oh, but do girls play sport? <laughs> and I had to show her a picture I have of her with Lindsay Pete uh, last season when Leinster won the interprovincial title yeah. in Brook. And I had that picture. I'm like, yes, look this, see this. They so play and they're, they're bloody to, good as well. They're playing, yeah. they're, they're excellent yeah. players. And and I want, you know, I want my kids to see positive female role models in sport. Right. So uh, no better place to be than... Donnybrook for a, a few of those games for them to see Excellent that. stuff. Okay, Connor. Well, thanks a million for coming on. Um, here's to a great Six Nations, and uh, we hope to have you on again soon. Take it easy, man. Thanks a no lot. No problem.